That brings up another thing. What's up with you and furry characters? Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> don't 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 put that light on me. I mean, you're a super big fan of Conquer and always going about how you need a uh, conquering hold on, master. Hold on, now hold you're on, trying to on, push on, Sly. Uh, I'm not a furry. Right, let me, let me. I'm not saying you're a furry. I'm just saying you really like animal based characters. I think I think it's funny how you're just like I'm not saying you're a furry and I'm over here saying I'm not a furry and then she's like, Well, I don't know, Alex. That sounds like a guilty conscience. <laughs> I'm not a furry, I swear. Welcome into Lighthearted Gamers, episode 56. My name is Alex Light with Sparky3. Hopefully you're having an incredible day today, whatever day you're listening or perhaps watching this podcast at our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Sparky3. Make sure you give us a like on the video, subscribe to the channel, be a friend, tell a friend. We would greatly appreciate that. Let's keep growing the channel here. We've been doing pretty well. Uh, we've got a pretty interesting episode today. I mean, we've got a lot of Sony stuff to talk about. We had the announcement for the Sony Showcase that's going on this upcoming week. Uh, a lot of drama going on with Horizon Forbidden West, as well as some backtracking on that drama. We're going to be talking about that. Pokemon Unite had Blast Toys drop. Give our thoughts on that. Some Mass Effect news. Now, I'm always here to talk about Mass Effect, as John knows, especially. Uh, and also some stuff involving Nintendo Switch and a possible Direct coming up. Uh, joining with me, as always, I do have Zach here in the studio. Zach, man, how you feeling today? I'm doing good. Can't complain, but I am looking at across the other side of the room and going, when's the last time you bought a display? Uh, when I bought... That's a good damn question. When was the last one that I bought? Uh, my, no, I bought that. What did I buy? Shit. I don't know. It's been a while. We're failing on our duty to cover this walls. Yeah, we are. Or cover these walls, use proper language. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, that's a good... I have no idea. It might have been the Hitman Reborn, the one behind you. That might be the last one that I bought. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I do have a current batch that I'm planning to buy. I wanted to get some more that would be more in line with lighthearted gamers, some gaming ones, whatever, as well as one for Animan Plus. That was me, Mikey, from Tokyo Avengers. I do have one of those picked out that I wanted. I had about four that I wanted to buy, so I'm going to buy that at some point, I guess, but I don't know. But when was the last time you bought something? That la- it's been a while, right? No. last one I bought was last month, but they're... One of the limited edition ones, the uh, Star Arcana. Oh, okay, that's right. Those limited edition ones are pretty sick. They're nice. Yeah, yeah. How many do you have at your house now? Uh, the only one that I actually have hanging up is the Star Arcana right now. Oh, okay, okay. I gotcha, I gotcha. Uh, well, first and foremost, if you haven't checked out Lighthearted Gamers episode 50, I definitely recommend giving that a listen. It's a really fun episode about 50 games that you absolutely need to play. Go make sure to follow us at Twitter at LH Gamers Podcast. Stay up to date with everything going on in the gaming industry as well as just general information about this show. I have my other show, Animan Plus. You can follow us at Twitter at Animan Podcast. And kicking off September 9th, I do have a terrible football show. It should be pretty much available on all platforms right now, so you can go ahead and go give the show a follow. Uh, it will also be here on YouTube. This is an awesome audio only football podcast though but like i said that is kicking off this thursday september 9th get excited for that one and lastly if you want to support us for the patreon is a great way to do so but don't feel obligated just listen to the show be a friend tell a friend that's good enough for us let's go let's keep it moving um with that said let's go ahead and just kind of hop into it we'll lead off the show talking about pokemon unite and blast toys just added on wednesday's uh amon that we've been waiting for for a little bit now um you know it was in like the initial um tutorial you know you had to fight a squirtle in the tutorial so it's just like okay where's blastoise we've known he's going to be here this oh, you did, didn't you? yeah yeah he's in the tutorials and it's just like okay where's blastoise at we've had guard of war come out we've had blissey come out which when when blissey came out that was fine as we've talked about in the past where we were we weren't in a good place support wise we're still really not we're getting better um you know we definitely could use some more there but in terms of defenders we were in a very good place with the three that we had but always looking for more blastoise coming in really shakes things up because Blastoise is so disruptive. Very, very disruptive. I do feel that his move pool isn't very diverse. I do feel they're is more of a heavy lean towards rapid spin hydro pump. I don't, you know, I know John, he tried out surf, didn't really care for it over, over the top, you know, water sprout, uh, sprout. He didn't really care for either, but that rapid spin pairing, pairing it up with hydro pump. When you initially activate hydro pump gives, you know, a good knockback with a little, with a little brief stun. His ult gives it a good knock up with a little stun there and just a shit ton of damage being dished out. What's your thoughts on Blastoise so far? Cause I mean, dude, he's, he's disrupting a lot right now. I mean, overall, yeah, he's changed the meta because you can't get into a game without a Blastoise being in it. For the most part, playing as defender, he's definitely taking the front role for defenders at the moment. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, and his moveset's pretty much been designated. Uh, no one's really been able to find a real best way they want to use Water Spout, most definitely. So yeah, yeah. Several people run Surf and use it fairly efficiently, but for the True. most part, Rabbit Spin Hydro Pump is what most people go. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, you're right. I've seen I've seen a handful of surf users, and I, I've I've been kind of cucked by it maybe a couple times, but not near as much as Rapid Spin. But Water Sprout, yeah, dude, yeah, have not have not seen it. Have not barely seen it. I, I don't think I've seen it at all. Besides when John used it, it's pretty much Hydro Pump is the way to go. Which Hydro Pump gives a massive pushback, which is very helpful and can just add a lot of disruption for the different camps as well as just the opponents. Because, I mean, a quick way to just really fuck an opponent over that's trying to escape is just, you know, use your rapid spin to get in front of them, do an initial pushback, and you can come out and just start beating the shit out of them with your team. I mean, it just has a lot of displacement. You know, just a lot of CC to really kind of fuck things up. Yeah, no, with that current moveset of Blastoise, it's very much a completely screws over the opposing team's formation and everything. I mean, the one thing I could think of for to help maybe cause some versatility with Water Spout, because I haven't read Blastoise moves, so I have no idea what the heck Water Spout does. But anytime I've, I've seen it on a few people, but every time I see it, I just go, well, don't stand there. Because <laughs> right, it has right. such a small space. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they expanded that space and might be more useful. Yeah, and they could. Uh, it's just a matter of when, I guess, because I know when Blastoise was released, they all automatically nerfed Surf and nerfed Water Spout, like immediately, uh, which obviously prompted everyone to jump into the Hydro Pump Rapid Spin. Mm-hmm. So you're right. I think maybe it gets a little bit more radius on the Water Spout, it could be a lot more useful. Uh, now, looking ahead, what do you think What do you think could be next? You know, we ha- we know Sylveon's on the way. I, th- I think we can both assume safely it's an attacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Mamoswan's on the way. Probably a defender, but would it be a giant meme if it'd be an all-arounder? That's for sure. And we know Greedent from the from the data mining, uh, who has a complete moveset. Who do you, you know, but Sylveon and Mamoswan being the more likely since they were announced in that Pokemon Presents, whatever. Who do you think more likely to come next. I'm kind of more leaning towards Sylveon at this point. Well, based on how they've been releasing stuff, I would not be surprised if it was Greenut. Nah, I would love that. I, I love, know I, you would lo- I would I love you would that, that squirrel. Let's go Chungus. Here we go. Um, just because of how they released Blissey, if Blissey was just data mine, no one knew anything about it, then it was just like, fair, hey, Blissey fair. next week. Fair, fair. Um, versus Blastoise, as you said earlier, we've known about him since release of or announcement of uh, Pokemon Unite, but took almost, what, two months before he came out from game release? They were trying to keep that monster caged as long as possible. (laughs) But yeah, so, I mean, Sylveon's probably the safe bet. I would not be surprised by Greedit. And Mamoswine's the least likely, just because we got a defender just now, and as you said, more than likely he's a defender. I would be all for all-rounder, because that would be super interesting, and make no sense to me, but hey. We actually don't, as of now, we don't even have any all-arounders that we know of that's even coming out from data mining or announcements. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious when we're going to get the next all-arounder and in that regard. It would be a giant meme if Mamoswine was an all-arounder. Probably just a defender, yeah. uh, but it would be a giant meme for sure. I mean, it, you know the same, you know the level of meme it would be? If he was a speedster? Okay, well, yes, but no. <laughs> no, to give a good comparison, it's almost like the same level of when May from Overwatch was released in Heroes of the Storm as a fucking tank. As a... T- May from Overwatch is a tank in Heroes of the Storm. I want that to sink in. That would be the same level if Mamoswine was anything else but a defender. I mean, that's everyone's thick love from Overwatch, so... Oh, I hate May. May is... May should have never been the thing. May, May should have never been created. No one's going to contain the thighs. That was May. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus <laughs> Christ. But, um... Looking forward to seeing what's going to be coming out of the future in Unite here. Um, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards Sylveon. Uh, but, yo, if they just threw out Greedent, new main for me, boys. My fat squirrel. I love that fat bastard. He is so damn cute. And he's going to be a, he's going to be a thick one. He's going to be have some, uh, some heavy, heavy, heavy HP for sure. And I'm looking forward to that move pool. <laughs> now, just after that conversation, <laughs> Puzzle Greenant and May just have freaking <laughs> May's face on Greenant. <laughs> Please. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Let's hop over from there. 
Uh, let's jump into the rumor mill. Again, this is stuff that's just kind of found on the internet. Could be com- all completely false. Some of it could be true. You never know. That's why we don't really dive into it too much. All right, first up. Uh, this one is a huge, 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 huge take it with a grain of salt situation. And this is involving a vow to the new, you know, RPG, the Elder Scrolls answer that Obsidian had. This is obviously their mindset on competing with Elder Scrolls before that purchase even happened. Uh, Avowed is rumored to have lost its lead story developer, lead designer, project uh, director, and others. Now, this is per a former developer that was on the game. Now, what, the reason why I say this is taken with a big grain of salt is because apparently this former dev has been known to be salty and spread lies in the past. So he could just be really salty that he got let go for whatever reason, and he's just trying to really just trash Avowed right now. But, you know, again, take that with a massive grain of salt. We'll see what happens. Next up, Overwatch 2 is rumored to be releasing in quarter two of 2022. Uh, after that, uh, David Joffe, who, of course, is like basically the God of War creator, did the first two games, was also the project director for Twisted Metal, has recently heard that God of War Ragnarok is set to be around 40 hours. All right, right on. Uh, Sony is also apparently building a AAA studio in Japan to build new PlayStation IP at the scale of Resident Evil and Metal Gear. They're hiring veteran developers from Capcom, Square and Konami. Uh, that's all the kind of the major stuff that was in the rumor mill this week. It'd be kind of interesting to see. I, I'm, I will say the avowed thing has definitely caught my eye. Um, but again, that is a big take it with a grain of salt. So, all right, let's hop over to the actual news that we got going on for this week. Uh, kicking things off with some EA talk here. Uh, EA recently introduced a new game mode in Madden 22 Superstar Knockout called Campus Legends. This event will be running until September 27th. Uh, what this is is you're going to get to play as select teams uh, in from college, kind of similar to the face of the franchise mode that's been in where you can choose what college you go to out of a select pool. Uh, so with, with these teams you'll be able to play, they have legacy players from these teams, a full roster of legacy players uh, across the board. So the teams that are featured are Clemson, LSU, Texas, Miami, Michigan State, Nebraska, Oregon, Florida, Oklahoma, and USC. Now, I know a lot of college fans, college football, gaming fans especially, sees this list and immediately asks, you know, pretty much two major questions. Where's, where's Alabama? Where's Ohio State? Uh, basically getting these, they're just it just comes down to licensing and when a team uh, will allow Madden to use their, their logos, essentially. I mean, that's just how it is. Uh, that's why they've never been in the games, um, uh, you know, with the previous two, like, face the franchises. So, that, I mean, that's why. But, no, these rosters are stacked. But, like I said, these are this is running towards uh, September 27th. Kind of disappointing that it's a limited time run. You know, EA is very well aware of how much people love the college football games. So, that is a little disappointing. Disappointing, but again, I imagine it has something to do with the licensing with the colleges. Um, so, you know, but def- definitely hop in there and give it a shot. It's it's a uh, it's a good tease for what is to come with uh, college football coming back here in a few years. Uh, next up on the list here, it doesn't actually involve Overwatch. Apparently, Overwatch League is set to be played on an early version of Overwatch Two for its next season. Kind of interesting to see what an early version of Overwatch 2 is going to look like. I don't imagine it's going to be like super buggy or anything since they're putting this forefront out in Overwatch League. But at the same time, with it being an early version, I don't, I don't know. It'd kind of be interesting. This was actually originally a rumor mill topic, and then I saw someone kind of double down saying they confirmed it, and I saw San Francisco Shock shared about it. So I guess this is set to be happening for Overwatch League. So kind of curious to see what an early version looks like. It is going to be a curious thing because especially with the fact... I'm going to assume it's going to be mechanics-wise because since Overwatch 2 is going to a 5v5 instead of 6v6. True. So I would assume it's going to be mechanics-wise build and things like that. But, I mean, we'll find out soon based on whenever it starts and how people react to it, the fans and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still not big on Overwatch and stuff. Uh, I've I've definitely fallen out of it, uh, not only because of the lawsuit that's kind of gone on, but just because fucking Overwatch makes me so damn mad. <laughs> I, Overwatch makes me so angry okay. with the, the, the fucking community, man. They really do. Playing that game gets me heated quick. So uh, I, it's just better for me not to play the game anymore. Um, next up, we do have some abandoned news. Blue Box Game Studios added again. All right, so Blue Box recently put up an FAQ on their website, just answering a lot of questions, including the, the same one they've been attempting to answer all along saying that they are not related to Kojima or Silent Hill in any way or Metal Gear or anything. Uh, that was one of the questions 
that is on there. But one thing they did mention is that there is a playable prologue apparently coming soon. It's going to have its own set of trophies on the PS5. It's pretty much its own standalone game. You know, as we already know, Abandon has been pushed back to 2022, but this pro- playable prologue is set to come out sometime this year. Uh, I don't know, kind of sus, you know, kind of like the playable teaser, you know, from, uh, you know, Kojima years ago. So I don't know. This is kind of sus. I mean, you say sus because of PT. I say it's sus because of their interactive okay, thing was <laughs> just a dumpster fire that was waiting to happen. And it happened. And now they want to try and release this prologue S thing. Right. I mean, I would not be surprised if it's another dumpster fire. It probably will be at this point. We've seen their track record. Not a good one. I mean, and it constantly brings up of how this company is still standing. Yo, that is true. How? Like, with how, I mean, since 2015, the amount of projects they stopped and started, the amount of money they've dipped in, it, is, it makes zero sense. Like, this company has no financial standing that should work unless they have just some rich oil tycoon somewhere just bankrolling him he doesn't care where his money's going it's all illegal anyways yeah exactly exactly he does, he does not care in the slightest uh but i mean we'll see if this playable uh playable uh prologue playable? playable i mean i pray it's not a dumpster fire <laughs> i mean that's fair i pray it's not a dumpster fire either i want to know what this fucking game is uh but we'll see if it ends up actually even coming out this year uh, all right, so next up, uh, let's talk about some Nintendo stuff here. Uh, Nintendo has been heavily rumored to have a direct sometime here in this month, September. Nintendo has a, a pretty solid history of always having a direct in September, except for like one year, maybe like 2019. Um, so I would definitely expect something to be here because I mean this. I mean this. What I'm when I, when I say every September, I think this dates back to like 2013. Like it's been a it's been a minute. Like th- this is consistently. Every September. Uh, I do actually have a rumored date of September 8th is the rumored date, which is the day after this episode is posted. So we'll see. We'll see if it ends up happening. Um, now, the one thing that's interesting about this uh, possible Nintendo Direct, what, you know, which this having this Direct is going to give some extra hype for, you know, their, their current, you know, winter holiday lineup with like Metroid Dread, Advance Wars, you know, super, you know, the Mario party. It's going to help continue to build the hype. But what this director is also going to do is help build the first two quarters of next year for them. Obviously the only thing that we really know is coming out is Pokemon legends in January. After that, it's like, What's coming out? We nothing. We I mean, we know stuff's coming out next year, but we don't know when. You know, so this is going to help build their first two quarters. Um, but the one thing that was kind of interesting about this is that uh, there's been a lot of rumors and reports that Game Boy and Game Boy Color is going to be potentially added to Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, this initially was just kind of like throwaway rumors out there, and then Eurogamer actually came up and backed it up, said no. Some of our sources are saying that this is happening and it's being announced soon. Um, but they also kind of said that apparently other retro consoles is in the cards. But that it's kind of weird. That's kind of a weird statement. They didn't really clarify on that. What does that mean? Does that mean more for Nintendo Switch Online? Does that mean like the classics like we had for Super NES and NES? Because you know, obviously, the big question is okay. What about N sixty four? You know, what, well, that, that's the big question, right? Uh, is is N sixty four going to be added to Nintendo Switch Online? Are we going to get a classic for it? I don't know, uh, and I will also say not having Game Boy Advance is kind of disappointing. You know, I, I mean, I'll, I'll get on there and I'll check out some Game Boy and Game Boy Color games. Yeah, there, there's yeah. Some, there's some that I'll definitely check out depending on what's all added. Uh, but you know, Game Boy Advance is more up my alley. You know, there's a lot of Game Boy Advance games I would personally love to replay right now. It's like that sounds super dope. Um, so kind of disappointing for no, um, you know, Game Boy Advance being added. But uh, what's your thoughts on this? I mean, what do you what do you, what do you think about what they mean by other retro platforms? I mean, I would be very inclined to think that we'll see a, like a Super Nintendo sixty uh, Nintendo sixty four classic because I mean they're that's going to make a shit ton of money. I mean, look at the other two. I mean, yeah, no, I could definitely see a sixty four classic or GameCube classic, and not even just necessarily doing them as classics, but even just online on the Switch and do an mm-hmm. emulator of sorts. My big question here is if we are going to get these. Uh, Game Boy, Game Boy Color is how are those games going to look to scale on a Switch? That's a good question. Because those were tiny ass screens. Yeah, One yeah. was all black and gray and the other one, I mean it had color but you also were working with like eight decimals 
Hmm. Graphics. <laughs> true, true. No, that's actually a very good question. How are they going to look? Uh, that'll be something very interesting to see. Because I just picture having, since I'm one of those people who likes to use my Switch connected into the station and not handheld, I just picture it my big-ass 52-inch screen and just this small-ass box. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> imagine imagine it taking up the like entire screen. Oh, man. That would look awful. That would look that horrible. That would look awful. Yeah, that's a good question. I imagine there will be some sort of way to kind of condense it down, whatever. Like, knowing Nintendo, what the way they'll do it is they'll, like, make it, part of the screen is going to look like the Game Boy, and you'll see the Yeah, yeah that's probably what it'll look like in terms of design, and just kind of keep it small. You know, maybe just have, like, the sides of the screen just be like Nintendo Switch, you know, online, just like graphics, you know, nothing fancy. So that, that's probably something they'll do. Uh, now, one thing that um, I've been kind of curious about when it comes to this, and just this whole topic of Nintendo Switch Online, it's 20 bucks for a year, okay? Very good value, very cheap value, right? Nintendo's all about their money. We know this. We see it time and time again. They're about their money, okay? At what point do you think Nintendo is going to up the price on that? Because I, I promise you, I, I, I can't help but to think that Nintendo sets back and sees $20 a year all of these games that we have on the NES and the Super NES. Now, granted, there's a lot of crappers, let's be real. They add, they add a lot of crappers every few months, but there is a lot mm-hmm. of notables in there. There is a lot of the notable, like Metroid, you know, Super Mario, etc. At what point is Nintendo going to step back and say, yo, we're offering a lot of our value, a lot of our classic games for a very cheap price. At what point are they going to up the price and maybe make it where this Nintendo Switch Online, the, this virtual console thing that they currently have, like maybe its own, like, almost like a Game Pass for retro Nintendo games. You know what I mean? Do you see that as some sort of potential? Because I feel like that could open up the door for them adding in 64, them adding in GameCube. Well, I mean, would you would you be... I know you're not a massive Nintendo fanboy. I know you're not. But is that something that you would be on board with, like where they have like their own Nintendo Game Pass, basically, where it has like all of their you know retro games to play? What's, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I could definitely see it. Um... If they did do something like that, do I feel like Nintendo would do like a Game Pass S thing? I don't think they would, because it's Nintendo. <laughs> True, and they don't like to do what everyone else does. What I would see Nintendo doing is instead of doing a Game Pass where you pay one monthly fee, they're going to do it in separate sections of bundles, so you have to pay each time. Right. Are you also kind of saying it kind of like how they had the Virtual Console, basically? Correct. Okay. I mean, I, I see that as a, as a possibility as well. I mean, even today, you know, obviously the virtual console is still up on the Wii U and it has a lot of phenomenal games. I want yes. that to be stressed. Very good catalog on the Wii U. If you've got a Wii U, that's a good place to get some retro games for cheap, like seven, eight bucks for some N64 games and Game Boy games. Good value. Very, very good value. But no, you're right. That That is something that they would probably do. Now, I would love for them to do that. Just bring back the virtual console. You had it on the Wii. You had it on the Wii U. It works great. People love it. You're going to make a lot of money off of it. So it kind of blows me away that we haven't done it, you know, because yeah. of how much money they were, they're going to make on it. Look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Nintendo slut. You put that virtual console on the Switch, hell yeah, I'm going to go buy some of these games. You're going to make probably a good few hundred dollars off me, like multiple hundreds, you know, loading up a huge catalog. Like, hell yeah. Especially if they link it to, like, my Nintendo account. Yeah. Where I can maybe, you know, which I don't know if they do that because, again, they like their money. But, you know, I could carry it over to, like, a new Switch or something. Hell yeah. That's going to be, and a lot of people are going to do that. So it baffles me that we don't have a virtual console. Um, but I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see if the, the Game Boy and Game Boy Color does get added. Um, I mean, it would be super cool. Uh, and I'll definitely check out some games. But, you know, again, disappointing for, for no Game Boy Advance. That, that is disappointing because there are a lot of Game Boy Advance games that I would totally fuck with right now. Like, yeah. that, that sounds like a lot of fun. All right, next up, uh, let's talk about uh, some CD Project Red stuff here. No. Okay. All right. Moving on. Okay. So next up, uh, Final Fantasy VII. All right. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So CD Projekt Red. Uh, there was a recent uh, little article that popped out with them saying that they can't guarantee that Cyberpunk 2077, uh, uh, the next gen versions that are they that are supposed to come out this year, mm-hmm. they can't guarantee it's coming out this year. I mean, that's not really a surprise to me. To it's, be honest, it's not. But it's just so funny because it's like it just continues to put things in perspective of just how fucked that game was that we got last year. I mean, I think the real perspective is here. They pushed to that date they wanted to release, and we got what we got. That 
unfortunate glitchy mess that most people experience. Yep. John and me were part of the lucky few who got very few glitches and played a fairly slightly stable game. Fuck you. <laughs> so, I mean, I've, I'm not surprised by this because CD Projekt Red had this backlash from Cyberpunk, which everyone was hyped for because CD Projekt Red, Witcher, Witcher's always been good. Yep. This Cyberpunk could be good. Then we got that, what we got, yep. which was cyber fucked. Twenty seventy seven. Cyber fuck twenty seven. That's amazing. I mean, <laughs> that, there's nothing else I could think of, so that's what I'm stuck with. Um, so I mean, it doesn't really surprise me that they're actually t- considering taking a little bit longer. Going, no, maybe we should bug test this. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right, and you know, th- you know, it potentially getting pushed back to even next year. I mean, it just think about it like this: What if they took the smart, responsible route? and just never released the game last year, and just pushed it back to keep working on it, this game would legit have a 10-year cycle between announcement to release because it, you know, it would get pushed back to 2022 at this point, if that's if this is true. Mm-hmm. And it was announced in 2012. That's wild. This is this whole situation with Cyberpunk is just crazy to me. I mean, it probably would have been a better choice for CD Projekt Ready if they did push it back because, I mean, again, as you said, almost been a decade yep. worth of cycle time. So people at this point in time were sort of used <laughs> to Cyberpunk being pushed back. Would it have got a little heat? Yes, just because of how much they'd been shown off, but the people would have accepted it. Yeah, they would have got over it. Give it a week, and they would have got over it. Easy. That's how the game community works. Eight or nine times out of ten is after a couple days, they'll get over it and move on. Uh, most of the time, that's the case. Um, but, hey, on the bright side for Cyberpunk, uh, they recently hired some um, Cyberpunk 2077 modders to help fix the game. So, hey, you're hiring very passionate people who like your game enough to spend time modding it to help you fix it. So, wake the fuck up, Samurai. we got a game to fix. Shout out to that. What kind of mods are even on Cyberpunk? Uh, Well, you know, it's funny. Oh, this should be good. There's one video that fucking kills me. I wish I could remember the YouTuber's name. I sent this to Andy, and Andy got a good uh, laugh out of this as well, where it was after one of the big uh, you know, patch fixes, whatever. And, uh, you know, it was like, it was only like a 10 second video, 15 second. The, the guy's walking down the street. He's about to get into, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what, what's the, um, what's the hookup dude's name at the beginning of the game before he dies? I'm drawing a blank on his name. I forget his name too. But you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 So you're walking up to get in his car at the beginning of the game and the guy commentating, he's just like, yeah, you know, the new patch came out, but I just don't really see anything like groundbreaking that really kind of, you know, makes me think that this game's any different. And like, as soon as he says different, you know, V sets in the car and looks over, and the guy says, Mr. V, and it's his fucking head is Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> and I, and he, as soon as he says any different, and he just cuts off as he stares at Thomas the Tank Engine. So there's a lot of mods that are pretty fun. Oh, uh, there is a lot of mods that are pretty fun, as, as, as you would imagine. Uh, as well as there's just a lot of mods out there that are quality of life improvements that modders have made. Now that, that is, that, and that actually brings up a good point is I wonder which modders they hired, you know, like what, what mods have they done? You know, yeah. are, are we, are we talking modders that created mods to help make the game better for you? I would or, hope so. Yeah, me too. Or did you just hire, you know, the modder who made Tom's tank? <laughs> <engine? laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, we never realized it, sir, but we need a big head mode. Yeah. Yeah. We need, we need the big head mode for sure. For sure. But, uh, I, I still stand by my, my couple of statements. Number one, cyberpunk definitely needs to be played. It's a very fun game. You know, yes, there's a lot of bugs, but it's definitely worth a play. And number two, I still stand with my statement this game should have never ever 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 come out on previous gen consoles i still stand by that this should have just been an xbox series and pc and playstation 5 exclusive no no doubt in my mind about that but i'm looking forward to when it finally comes out because i got the itch to play this game again but i'd rather play it on like the newer version that maybe won't break a thousand times which you know still shout out to the fact that my first playthrough of cyberpunk in the most truest poetic fashion during the credits, my game crashes. <laughs> That's true poetry right there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all right, so hopping over from there, Final Fantasy VII Remake. There was apparently a listing found on the Epic Game Store here recently, which we have talked about before, where Final Fantasy VII, there was some data mining for the Epic Game Store, but now the listing has been found. But... There was another listing that's also found. Uh, this one was also found in the data mining as well a while back, so we're following up here. Alan Wake Remastered 
the listing was found on the Epic Game Store. So here's some facts about it. Uh, apparently, Alan Wake Remastered is set to be released on October 5th for the PlayStation 4, PS5, and Xbox consoles. Uh, you know, when I saw this listing, it does come, it does showcase the actual PS5 case that we're talking here. Uh, per insiders, the game is set to be announced actually this week. So who knows? It could be, it could have be announced, you know, Tuesday when this episode goes up. We'll see. Uh, it's apparently going to be using the Northlight engine, which is previously used on Control. Ray tracing will be supported on new-gen consoles and PC, but there is no Nintendo Switch version, but there could be a Nintendo Switch cloud version down the line, similar to Control, Plague Tale, and Gardens of the Galaxy that's said to come out this year, and this is going to be running at 60 FPS. But while there is going to be no ray tracing on the previous-gen consoles, there's definitely going to be quality-of-life improvements as well as higher resolution and stuff like that for you to enjoy the game and you can bet your ass that I did not text Jimmy this news because fuck you Jimmy you're just going to be negative about it so you know Jimmy hopefully you're watching and you, you saw that but he's not watching no he's a bitch anyway alright let's go from there next up we have a little little piece of news here involving Microsoft and Starfield so there was a recently a Bethesda dev that kind of uh, kind of like hinted where it's like the door could be open for Star, you know, for other Bethesda games to come to other consoles and stuff. You know, he kind of left it, you know, his statement kind of like, who knows? And then someone from Microsoft literally had to follow up and said, no, Starfield, we have no plans to release it on anything other than, than PC and, and Xbox. It was also listed later that there was a new job hiring in Bethesda. So, um, oh, was there? Yeah, because oh. I assume the guy's gone. Oh, yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> Woo, over the head. God damn. <laughs> this is what I got to work with, everybody. Um, I mean, yeah, no, I don't see it. Because now that Microsoft's in this deal with Bethesda, and Bethesda's part of Microsoft, Microsoft's not going to let any Bethesda games go to anybody else until there's a significant time between they get it, then everyone else can have it. Yeah, I agree. If there's going to be any chances for like Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Starfield uh, coming to like PlayStation or you know Nintendo or whatever down the line, it's going to be like at least at the at the very least two years. Yeah, I would probably even say maybe three or four. And Xbox is going to want to make their money because you know with this Bethesda purchase, man, I, you know it's just one of those things with. How much I can't help but to think like with how much Xbox was roasted all throughout the Xbox One generation for having no exclusives. They're like, all right, we don't have exclusives. Okay, fuck you. We're buying Bethesda. Who has exclusives now? <laughs> That's basically what happened. So they're going to keep their games. And then now Sony with their PS5, their biggest holiday release is Deathloop from Bethesda, <laughs> a Microsoft company. Yep. <laughs> Oh, man, what a joke. But, yeah, so zero plans for Starfield to go to PlayStation 5. No surprise there on that. Uh, Next up, Windows 11 will be launching October 5th. They will have a free upgrade for eligible Windows 10 PCs. Just wanted to shout that out because there has been some improvements for Windows 11 to help, you know, utilize your gaming uh, gaming to the next level on PC. So if that's something you're interested in, definitely go look into it. Uh, We have the Tokyo Game Show that is set to go on later this month. Xbox is confirmed to be there with a showcase of exclusive announcements and there was also the little tidbit that project triangle strategy a new game coming out for the nintendo switch will be part of the square enix show that is one that i am personally excited to see more information on so we know nothing about that game right yeah basically other than it's got a working title that's and then the little bit that we got in the demo that's that's about it yeah not a whole not a whole lot kind of like a fire emblem s game you know you know i don't know we'll see We'll see how it goes. I don't know. Uh, next up, Marvel Midnight Suns. This is, of course, the Marvel-esque uh, you know, XCOM game that's been rumored for a while, recently announced. We did get to see a short little gameplay trailer for, the, for what was to come out of it. And uh, it seems to be a deck-building game, which kind of raised some questions online for people. You know, a lot of people were immediately concerned if there was going to be microtransactions with cards, uh, which thankfully, you know, uh, Marvel Midnight Suns uh, social media team immediately followed up and said, yo, don't worry about it. No microtransactions in the game outside of just special cosmetics. And they even followed up on that saying, but hey, also there's going to be a shit ton of cosmetics that you can unlock in game. Uh, Zach, you know, you're a big deck builder fan. I know our friend John is as well. What's your thoughts on this game potentially being, in, you know, or not potentially, but being in that sort of realm of deck building i mean i'll be curious to see what system because i haven't actually watched the gameplay uh trailer have you watched it i I watched yeah yeah so like is it traditional deck building where you're actually playing cards no okay that's where my thing is because i mean you said deck building i went well is it actual trading card is it 
deck building armies? Is it lanes? Like, what are we working with here? Right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll be curious to see based on what system they uh, go with, considering that Ferrix is the developer on it. I highly doubted it. It was just going to be traditional uh, deck building. But, I mean, I'll be happy with it. I'm not really surprised by microtransactions because, I mean, besides Hearthstone and then... Um, Legends, is that what it is? Yeah, Elder Scroll Legends. I don't know a lot of card games that have microtransactions that are necessary. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them have, like, packs and whatnot you can buy, but they also usually have a very good in-game currency and way to do it where you can just purchase cards without having to pay for it. Right. Unless you're just absolutely desperate to build a deck of some type. Mm. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more coming out of this game. You know, I'm a Marvel fanboy, so really anything they throw out there, I'm going to immediately take a look at. Um, but, I mean, it's definitely an interesting take on the Marvel Universe yeah. with the Midnight Suns and having this own created character that you're going to be following alongside the other characters, plus there's the deck-building mechanics. does seem pretty interesting. Oh, no, all I can think of is freaking Kingdom Hearts uh, Chain of Memories. Is, is that like that? Because I, 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 I am not a Kingdom Hearts guy. I know pretty much nothing about Kingdom Hearts except that Kingdom Hearts 3 is super cringy. That's the only <laughs> thing I know. I don't know anything else. Well, the only thing I can think about is because, like, based on what they showed in the trailer that they announced at uh, what did Gamescom. He, yeah, what, I was like, what did King Kingsley do recently? <laughs> um, is it showed all the different characters and whatnot actually fighting. And the thing with... Chain of Memories is you built a set of cards you used to do attacks and summon people and whatnot. So now all I can think of is a, building a deck to summon things to go f- do auto chess fighting. Might be might be in the same realm. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's let's talk about some Mass Effect now. You know, I'm a big Mass Effect fanboy. As John has pointed out, I like to always mention Mass Effect on every single podcast, basically. We've always found a way to talk about it. Uh, th- now, this is actually pretty cool news. It gets me really, really pumped up. Um, so this is per Jeff Grubb, who's a very notable insider within the gaming space. You know, him, Jason Schreier, Andy Robinson are like three of the top here. Uh, Jeff Grubb recently pointed out that there was a job listing from EA that is looking for a uh, Mass Effect tech director who has experienced an Unreal Engine. And then Jeff then followed up saying, I've confirmed that the studio is strongly considering Unreal for Mass Effect 5. EA and BioWare are really considering all possibilities for Mass Effect 5, and a tech director to... Uh, to oversee this process is very important. The company wants to embrace next-gen visual tech, and by 2023, when Mass Effect development starts in full circle, uh, Frostbite could be far behind Unreal. So while Unreal is a strong possibility, it's also possible that Bioware could be looking at Unreal to inform what it needs in Frostbite if it was to stick with EA's in-house tools. But in that process, it seems likely that developers will probably just want to stick with Unreal. And he also threw in a little extra tidbit that Dragon Age 4 is expected to release in 2023. Um, so Zach, you know, you're, you're a Mass Effect fan, you're a Dragon Age fan, you know, I'm a huge Mass Effect fan, Dragon Age is cool, but I'm not as big of a Dragon Age fan like you, you know, first, what's your thoughts on Dragon Age 4, uh, you know, being released in 2023, there was another tidbit as well from another insider that followed up with Jeff saying that Dragon Age 4 will be built in Frostbite, and what's your thoughts on Mass Effect being built in the Unreal Engine, uh, Unreal Engine 5, and what do you think that could possibly do for the series and maybe take it to the next level? I mean, Mass Effect being made in the Unreal Engine 5 would be fantastic. It would give it that nice, sharper look that we've probably needed in something like that. Because, I mean, True. though the graphics for Mass Effect have aren't bad at all, you could definitely see a significant dating of the engine. Because wasn't Andromeda built on the Frostbite? I believe so, yeah. So you can see a sort of significant dating of Mass Effect 3. We all very enjoyed the engine they used then versus the Frostbite one. I mean... It did look more close to current graphics and everything, but we saw the facial features. The and facial all, features, all was the rough. fun yeah. stuff. <laughs> that, so Frostbite was definitely not the best. So the fact that they're considering using Unreal, which is safely tested, so many developers <laughs> use Unreal nowadays. That honestly, we could never see a new Quake or Unreal tournament, and they'd still make money just from people using their engine, right? <laughs> Um, so, I mean, no, if Mass Effect was used, built on that engine, it would look fantastic. Would definitely look sharper, give it that more clean look and everything we would want to expect from pretty much just a cinematic Mass Effect. 
Yeah, and I will say with where Ma- with where Mass Effect is right now, before they'll release the Legendary Edition, I feel like you can agree with me as well as the rest of the fandom. Mass Effect is in a very well, was in a very delicate delicate spot, yeah. right? Because Andromeda flopped so hard. Legendary Edition came out very well received. You know, as we've reported before. W- did well above their expectations and it, it's put mass effect back into people's fr- you know front of their minds and stuff you know and it's kind of giving some more hope and life to mass effect because of how much quality of life mass effect legend edition brought because it, yeah, it brought definitely. it brought a lot so now going into the, the next game even though we have this great improvement legendary edition it still feels like we're in that delicate stage because it's like yeah i mean it was you would really had to actively work to fuck those three games up. I mean, let's be real. You would have had to actually try to do that. Now going into a brand new game, it's like, please don't give us another Andromeda. That's just what we don't. So it being built in Unreal Engine, I think could really give it the shot in the arm it needs. But Mm -hmm. hey, he also did point out that this could just be them wanting to see what their Frostbite needs, and they just want to stick with in-house. But, you know, if developers really push for Unreal Engine, uh, we're, we we're may get Unreal Engine, you know, yeah. who knows. But uh, Dragon Age, though, that's going to be built still with Frostbite. That just pretty much seems to be confirmed, per insiders, with that 2023 release. I mean, what's your thought? I mean, you're more of a Dragon Age fan than me, by by a mile. So what's your thoughts on it, on it still being with the Frostbite? I mean, it could be interesting. Um, I mean, Inquisition, which I'm pretty sure was on Frostbite, it didn't look bad. I was happy with it. Everything looked good. But I feel like the main thing here is that Dragon Age is that fantasy theme, so it sort of has that grittier look. Right. And so it sort of fits it better. Um, and then I guess at the time, whatever they did with it, didn't completely jack up facial expressions either. So, <laughs> True. Um, so, I mean, it might be okay, because uh, Frostbite Engine has been updated since then with things and whatnot. Mm. Um, still feel like it's a bit of an older engine to me personally, but I don't know the ends of outs of it. It may be perfectly fine, and just me... My little knowledge, I know just from seeing actual games built with it yeah, yeah. and not actually knowing how the tools work. Um, so, I mean, it could be fine. It could look great just because it is that fantasy setting and sort of usually has that dark, grittier look in the Dragon Age series. Mm-hmm. I would just need to really know more once we see actual in-engine gameplay versus the little few trailers we've seen. Right. I will also uh, say as well with the Mass Effect thing, I did see uh, when when I saw, you know, Jeff, or it was I think it was another insider that actually, no, yeah, it was just Jeff talking about, uh, you know, the 2023 full development on Mass Effect. I did see some people kind of bitching about that because, you know, initially they were just like, you know, when is the game going to come out in, you know, 2024, 2025? And Jeff's like, lol, no. Yeah, like not even close. You know, I, you know. And then I saw other people bitching. It's like, oh, wow, announced in 2020, and it's not even going to start full development until 2023. Yo, shut the fuck up. Please, Bioware, take all the time you need on this. I hold this franchise too close to my heart. Don't give us another Andromeda. In my mind, and I feel like, feel like a lot of a lot of diehard fans take all the time, time you need. I feel like pretty much any kind of diehard fan of any game or any franchise is going to be on the side of take your time. You know, we, yeah. we want our games to be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, so don't we, we don't want a rushed product because then you'll get Cyberpunk or Cyberfuck 2077, and we don't want that. I mean, to be fair, most of those games that had trailers and whatnot shown off at that Game Awards have mostly been silent since those trailers. Literally those one trailers that... Jeff convinced people to give him. I've been all we've seen. I like the little extra bit of Jeff convinced them, him, them to give him. Jeff's got connections. We know that very well at this point. Because <laughs> literally half those trailers we saw were for franchises. Several of them have been dead for some time. Like Fable, Perfect Dark, uh, Dragon Age. At the time, no one really knew that something was actually in development. Uh, Mass Effect, which was killed by Andromeda. We only had rumors of Legendary at that point. Yeah, we did. Um, there was a couple others that I can't think of right top of my head because those are the four I care about. Um, yeah, after that, most of them were fairly silent. So, yeah. So what is was announced then and now just being production? Right. It's not a big deal. It's really not. You know, let them, let them take their time. Let them take their time. We'll enjoy it when we finally get it. All right, let's uh, let's talk about Sony. There's a lot to unpack here, a lot going on in the Sony space. Um, so first we have, of course, like I mentioned earlier, we have the showcase that was announced. Uh, that will be on September 9th. Shout out to Terrible Football Show, launching the same day. Um, 
It's going to be going on at 1 p.m. Pacific time, so 3, uh, 3 p.m. our time. Um, this is going to be about 40 minutes of information. All right, cool. Beefy show. Already like what we're getting with this. But here's, here's what's cool about it, man. Literally, like every insider out there has been hyping this thing up, like saying, like, yo, this is going to have incredible announcements, quote, super announcements, including even David Joffe, who I mentioned earlier, even saying the exact words, this is going to blow your fucking mind. Exact words from him. Uh, of course, Sony's going to hype it up. It'd be like, oh, it's going to be, I have a lot of cool stuff in it. You know, I've seen Sony, you know, people, other Sony de- developers saying that and stuff, but the insider's really stepping up saying, hey, you're in for a treat. It really makes you think, what is this going to have? Uh, you know, there was a very heavy emphasis on the future of the PlayStation 5. That's a big focus here. So it's like, what what could potentially come? You know, I, I'm hard set believing that God of War Ragnarok is going to be shown in some capacity at, at, this, at this showcase. In some capacity, that's going to be there. I would safely assume that Final Fantasy 16 will be there because I know it has like its timed release, I think, for it's going to be on PlayStation for at first for X amount of time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm still I'm I'm throwing it out there, guys. I'm throwing it out there. Spider Man Two, we're gonna get where it's gonna be in the show somehow. Whether if it opens the show or closes the show, I would want to think the close of the show. I I I actually want to kind of maybe say it would be the close of the show because we already know you know God of War Ragnarok is gonna be a thing, so that could open the show, right? And then you know Spider Man Two, which we know is realistically we know what's gonna happen. There has been no actual reveal for it. So that would be a good closer, in my opinion, was, would be the reveal for that. Uh, what else could potentially be there? Would we get a Sly Cooper reboot? We've heard a little rumors of that. Would we get a Jack and Dexter? No, that one's dead. Uh, what about Resistance? Uh, we've, heard, we've, we've already heard talks about Twisted Metal. Yeah, yeah. That, that's one that we've heard recently. Uh, Last of Us, I would imagine that Last of Us remake will potentially be here. Because I, uh, I think the grand game plan for Last of Us here... We have the HBO show that's set to come out, I believe, next year. Uh, Last of Us 3 is probably years out, obviously. So this Last of Us remake, I could see launching alongside the show around that range next year because, obviously, the show is taking place at the first game. So it's kind of like build hype for the franchise. You know, like, hey, you get the remake. Hey, watch yeah. the show. So Last of Us remake could potentially be there. Will we get something new for Uncharted? Will we get something new for Infamous, Shadow of Colossus? Uh, dude, there's so many possibilities. I, I'm I'm beyond pumped. Uh, like I said, I'm hard predicting Spider-Man 2. Hard predicting that. Put money on it. Take the money line. Take the spread. Whatever. Whatever betting terms you want to say. I mean, my thoughts are more leaning since they're saying the future of PS5. I would feel like it would lean towards maybe giving us actually possibly new IPs and exclusives for the PS5. Because mm-hmm. as, as we joked earlier, the only thing PS5 really has going in the holidays is Deathloop. Yeah, they don't really have shit coming out this year. So, I mean, a 40-minute show supposed to be the future of PS5. I could only ideally them showing off IPs, things that will get people excited for seasonal stuff. Maybe an announcement saying, hey, we got PS5s. They're coming. They'll be here soon. <laughs> that would be that would be a game breaker. That will blow people's fucking minds. I mean, for that sure. would blow people's mind because <laughs> people are scalping and hunting those PlayStation Five. So something like that. So the fact that it's being stated as the future of PS Five, I feel like it would be possibly new IPs, exclusives, an update of assuring people that PlayStation Fives are coming. And hey, this is what we got going on. Is sort of where I'm leaning towards versus getting reboots and things like that. And, you know, and that is, that's a very fair point. You know, I'm sitting here hyping up all these other exclusives that we know about that's under the PlayStation umbrella, but that's a very good point is that we could see some new IPs that will literally blow us away. Now, I, you know, with that said, I still think we'll see Ragnarok. I still think mm-hmm. we'll see Last of Us. And I'm, like I said, I'm betting on Spider-Man too. But you're right. We could see some new IPs that's going to blow us away. Uh, and, you know, they also did say that you're going to get to see games from small and larger developers. So it's going to be nice to see what other kind of indie games we got to see coming out. Because, of course, one indie game we have coming out soon, Kena Bridge of Spirits. That is an indie studio. and looks like a phenomenal game, though. It looks beautiful. Um so I, I'm I'm so beyond pumped for this show. Can't wait to talk about it next week on Lighthearted Gamers episode 57, uh, which John will be there for. Shout out to that. He's going to be talking about Tales of Arise as well. Um, I'm also kind of curious if we'll see maybe like another look at let's say Hogwarts Legacy that was delayed yeah. to, to next year and it was initially revealed at, at PlayStation State of Play earlier this year or late last year. One of the two. I think it was earlier this year. So maybe we'll see more on Hogwarts Legacy. But no, you're you're, you're totally right on on new IPs. That would that would be that would be awesome and. 
I would also like to see maybe uh, some reboots. I, I'm going to also say we're probably going to see Twisted Metal. That's just a guess. Uh, and a, a random prediction that I don't have any like footing to stand on that I just want to throw out into the universe is I'm going to say we're going to need to see something with Sly Cooper. Um, I'm throwing that randomly out in the universe. I have no I have no footing on this, but I'm eating it out there. You we'll, really want a new Sly Cooper. Maybe. Because, I mean, you really push hard for it anytime you get a chance. Hey, that'd be pretty dope, man. I'm here for it. That brings up another thing. What's up with you and furry characters? Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> don't 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 put that light on me. I mean, you're a super big fan of Conquer and always going about how you need a right, conquering hold on, master. Hold on, now hold you're on, trying to on, push on, Sly. Uh, I'm not a furry. Right, let me, let me, I'm not saying you're a furry. I'm just saying you really like animal based characters. I think mean, I think it's funny how you're just like I'm not saying you're a furry and I'm over here saying I'm not a furry and then she's like, Well, I don't know, Alex. That sounds like a guilty conscience. <laughs> I'm not a furry, I swear. <laughs> Look, man, I, I like what I like, okay? But it's I mean, not, not that though. Those franchises are good. I'm just I'm seeing a pattern here. <laughs> there's not a pattern. You're just being a dick. There's a big difference that all right, let's let's talk about Horizon. All right, so this is a very interesting topic. Very, very interesting topic, top to bottom here. Um, so Horizon, we did get to see uh, a few different additions come out for Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, there's like three different, uh, there's four different editions, standard and up. All right, so first up, uh, we did get to see the Regala edition. It's going to be 260 bucks. comes with the Regala statue, steelbook, art cards, art book, small figures, a focus replica, in-game resources and outfits, and then a Nora Legacy outfit and spear and the OST. That Legacy outfit is actually based off, I believe his name was Ross, the guy that raised Aloy, so that's pretty cool. Next up was the Collector's Edition for 200 bucks with a Trimmer Tusk statue, steelbook, art book, in-game resources, outfits, the Nora Legacy, and the OST. Then the Special Edition for 80 bucks comes with still book and your choice of the ps4 ps5 disc art book nor legacy outfit ost and then there's this the standard edition of course so here is the controversy that happened this week and it's very interesting to see the outcome of it um so originally there was no upgrade path from ps4 to ps5 um you know even though last year sony said the, the upgrade path would be there in a blog post they put out last year that's still up to this day they name dropped like Sackboy. they name dropped miles morales uh as free upgrade paths uh they name dropped horizon forbidden west as a ps4 to ps5 free upgrade path and with this with all these collection editions they've, they've backtracked they backtracked on that initially where it's like you were gonna have to buy the collector's edition for 200 or the regala edition for 260 and you'd be able to get both which also i want to point out i I really wish we would move past this stupid phase that we've been in for like the past three or four years of where these really expensive collector's editions will come with a steel book but no physical copy of the game because if you get these big editions it's just a it's just a digital code that's really annoying i want to move past that i'm not a fan of that but um you were going to have to buy one of those to get both. Like if you were planning to get, if you were trying to get a PS5 and you've just been one of the unlucky ones that haven't gotten it, as a majority of the people have not. Uh, but there was a lot of backlash from that. A lot of backlash because obviously they already said it was going to be free. It was going to be a thing and they seem to have changed their mind. And part of this backlash as well is just like the inconsistency with how they're kind of walking this fine line of trying to do both generations mm-hmm. because, you know, Sackboy Miles, right? That was, you know, free upgrade path. You know, Ghost of Shima Director's Cut, that was going to be like a $10 upcharge or 20 or 30 depending on what edition you want to buy or whatever or how you want to upgrade. Uh, and then with this, you know, there's nothing. So it's just like, you know, or buying the big editions essentially. And, you know, the inconsistency there is is one of the beefs as well as just the general you know you know the lie that they officially said well a couple of days later i don't mean a couple of days like what a day later no yeah, no it was real quick yeah actually yeah a couple of days later this was announced on thursday all right so here's it because here's a quote from sony's jim ryan that was updated on the huge horizon forbidden west blog post Thursday was meant to be a celebration for Horizon Forbidden West and the amazing team at Gorilla working to deliver it on February 18th, 2022. However, it was abundantly clear that the offerings we confirmed in our pre-order kickoff missed the mark. Last year, we made a commitment to deliver free upgrades for cross-gen launch titles, which included Horizon Forbidden West. While the pandemic's profound impact pushed Forbidden West out of the launch window that we initially envisioned, we will stand by our offer. And this was all... Now, this next statement was all bold in this post, which I thought was which I thought was kind of funny. Players who purchase Horizon Forbidden West on the PS4 will be able to upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version for free. I also want to confirm today 
that moving forward, PlayStation first-party exclusives, cross-gen titles, newly releasing on PS4 and 5, both digital and physical, will offer a $10 digital upgrade option from PS4 to 5. This will apply to the next God of War and Gran Turismo 7 and any other exclusive cross-gen PS4 and PS5 title published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. So, first thing, first thing to take away is that, you know, we've seen this a couple times in not only, like, gaming, but in movies as well. Sonic the Hedgehog's a great example. If you speak up loud enough, you apparently you, yeah. will, you will be heard. There are some there are some that will fall on deaf ears. I feel like Nintendo is going to be a great example. <laughs> they do what the fuck they want. They don't care your opinion. It's going to sit there, and they're, you're going to buy it anyway. I, I just like the thought of Nintendo, even though I'm fairly sure most reps in Nintendo can understand or read English to a certain point. They see all the English posts and just go, Oh, ignore that. We don't have to read it. <laughs> <laughs> just move, move on, move on. Um, but you know, we've seen it, uh, but it, we're seeing it now where you, you, you bitch loud enough and someone's going to listen, which is a good thing because again, they, they said this last year that this yeah. was going to be an option. And one thing about this is I'm glad that they are setting the hard standard. Because, like I just mentioned, there's been inconsistency mm-hmm. with how they've been handling this cross-gen stuff. Which, one of the big topics about this is, this is new to Sony. They haven't done this before. In past years, you know, it's pretty much like, hey, go out and get a second job get, if you want a PlayStation 3 to play this game. We're not putting on PS2. You know, we're not putting this on PS3. It's going to be PS4 only. They were pretty much hard split. They'll, hey, we're still going to release games, you know, for both, you know, one game for both. We're still going to release PS3 games, but we're also going to very heavily release the PS4. This generation's been totally different because there's only like maybe not, you know, taking away indie games because I know there's a good handful of like some PS5 exclusive indie games. There's only a very small handful of PS5 exclusives right yeah. now. It's like uh, it's like Demon Souls, Returnal, and Ratchet are the only three that I can think of because Miles was you know on both, mm-hmm. Sackboy was on both, Astro's Player and that came with the console. I don't really count that one too much, um, but really just those three are the only three that's on PS5 only. You know they they this is this is totally new for PlayStation is is flirting with that line of both generations and making both work. Um, so I'm glad that we are now getting a hard set. This is what it's going to be. $10 upgrade charge, you know, to get to the next one, which that that's great. Now I will say when, with the way they're kind of setting this up, it almost feels like Sony is giving everyone a free pass this one time for this. I think that is how it is. Cause I, when we look at it, the Miles Morales sack going, things like that. And then forbidden West, we're all at the time said that, yes, these will be a free pass. But when you look at Ghost of Tsushima, I think that was the one they were sort of trying to set and test their... Mm-hmm. With how for, they wanted to do it. Yeah, with their price points and whatnot. And I think... I don't know what they were trying to do with Forbidden West, uh, to be honest. I don't, I don't know either. <laughs> um, but this backlash definitely hurts, so they'll probably not try it again. True. And they obviously took the backlash and went, okay... We've been caught in something we said a year or two ago before the pandemic. <laughs> yep. um, so we'll commit to it. And then they went a, just a hard line. This is let the community and everyone know this is what we're going to do henceforth so that they ideally don't get this backlash again. Yep. So, I mean, it's a good move on Sony's uh, part and everything for first party titles to hear the community, accept it, uh, mostly alleviate everyone and then just be as hard this is it we're doing this from now on and that's sort of their hard point at this point where they would usually go hey go buy a second console (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and i think they're doing this mostly just because of as we've mentioned several times before on the show is just the difficulty to acquire a ps5 true and the knowledge that they are aware that not their large portion of the community may not still have a playstation 5 so they're better off doing a next-gen upgrade purchase at this time till they can successfully get PlayStation 5s out and more people um, with it. And I could possibly see maybe the next-gen upgrade thing disappearing. Yeah, no, I could too. And, you know, that, and involving that topic is I don't think it's going to be much longer before this is not going to be a huge dilemma anymore. Because I do think give it to, I would say next year, late ne- mid next year, late next year, 
we're going to see a lot more games only coming to PS5. We're going to be yeah. we're, we're going to be moving past this very very soon. Like it may even just begin beginning of next year we could begin moving past this. I don't know. I don't think this is going to be a huge factor much longer. I really don't. And I will say in terms of this Horizon uh situation this really is a free pass because here's a big question that a lot of people just kind of threw out there online for, you know, we as consumers to think about. What's the point in buying the PS5 version? What's the point? I mean, that's a whole question that's always been asked by friggin' um, Nintendo community. Whenever there's a Nintendo upgrade from what was it, Wii U Switch? Mm. Nintendo was always because there's several games during the times when Nintendo's releasing a new console or handheld where it's releasing on the old one and the new one, but they only promote the new one. They don't even mention that it's on the old one. Yeah, true, true. So I mean, this is just a whole thing of uh, Nintendo standpoint that a lot of Nintendo fans have had to deal with. I mean, what's the point? It's ideally. Uh, well, what, what I'm referring to is what's the point in terms of if you're going to get the free upgrade. Even if you have a PS5, why not just buy the PS4 and get the free upgrade and save 10 bucks? That's what I mean. Think about it. What's the point in buying the PS5 version if I'm just going to get the free upgrade? I mean, I think the That's point, why I said that thing is the free pass. Well, my point would be whether you have a PlayStation 5 or not. That's true. I mean, if you already have a PlayStation 5, you have a thing of, well, I could just buy it on the PlayStation 5, and I'll still save 10 bucks because I don't have to buy an upgrade or even... Uh, Excluding the free pass thing versus if you're a PS4 and planning to get a PS5, yeah, it's a nice thing. But I think it's mostly a thing of if you have a PS5, it, so what? If you have a PS4, okay, cool, you get a free pass. If yeah. you have both, it's more or less, which one do I think not going to crash? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because like me I mean, owning a PS5, I look at it as a point of, I mean, the PS5 version 70 bucks, the PS4 version 60 bucks. I'm guaranteed a free upgrade from if I bought the PS4 version. Why not save ten bucks and just get the PS4 version? I'm going to get the PS5 version of the game for sixty bucks compared to seventy. So you know, with that, you know, I, really, you're spending ten dollars more just to have the fancy white labeling on your case. Yeah, which I would buy. Just going to be honest, I would just buy the PS5 version so I can have the PS5 you know, siding for the case. Um, so with that, I am kind of curious Will we see just this one time because they are clearly giving us a free pass. Will we see potentially a pi- uh, price decrease on the PS5 version, just to 60 bucks? I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. I mean, we look at Xbox. A lot of their new gen stuff is 60. Halo Infinite is going to be 60 bucks. It's not the next gen price. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to say that's going to, I mean, I, I'm not saying, I'm saying that's not out of their own possibilities. I could see them saying, okay, due to like, you know, these circumstances of we're giving you the free pass, whatever, blah, blah, Horizon Forbidden West, standard edition, flat 60, doesn't matter the console. And then going forward, everything else will be PS5, 70, PS, uh, PS4 will be 60, as we already know it is now. Yeah. But it's just, I mean, that was a big question that people put out online is they're like, okay, since they're doing this, there's zero reason to buy the PS5 version. Zero. I mean, you just buy the PS4, save yourself 10 bucks, and you still get the PS5 version. I mean, you say zero point. I mean... I could see them still putting it out at the new gen, next gen price point, because there's going to be people out there who's not going to pay attention to this stuff or not even care. They're just going to say, "Oh, Horizon, I'm gonna buy that Me. for their PlayStation Five. Me. So, Sony, it'd be a smart move on Sony just to still put it out at that point because they're still going to sell it at that point because there's still going to be people who, who may not know or pay attention to that stuff who are going to buy it. So Sony's just making a little extra dollars there. That's true. That's true. And they're going to get the extra dollars from me. I'll go ahead and throw that out there. Like I said, I want the, the nice white, you know, labeling, whatever, for the PS5. So, I mean, based on that, people have a point. If you want to be a penny pincher and yep. save a bit, and get the PS4. But there's going to be tons of people who don't care about the extra $10 or don't know about it. So, they're still just going to buy the PS5 version if they already have the PS5. Yeah, true, true. You know, I mean, while in the other realm of things, Xbox is just doing their thing with smart delivery. Yeah. You know, and they're doing a great job with smart delivery, you know. So, but like I said, I am glad that we do have hard set, set in stone, $10 upgrade charge. That's what you're going to get. Which, again, I'm also very happy to see that they're doing it with the fiscal copies as well. I forgot how that's done. I don't remember how that, that's done. Uh, I, I could not tell you. I, th- I, think, I think you just have to... You know, once you install it, you can install the PS5 version digitally. Whatever. That's what I would have to guess. I, yeah, that, that's what it is. Because if I remember correctly, that's what it was for Madden 21 last year for me. Because I had that physically. So, 
I mean, I mean, hey, uh, I'm glad that this was settled and it was set in stone. And it does go to show that if you yell loud enough, someone will listen. Yeah, I mean, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. That is correct. I mean, hey, at least it also worked for Sonic the Hedgehog. We didn't get the abomination that we almost got. So that's a plus. Um, but uh, I think it's the show, though. I think it's a pretty good show. We kind of hit everything that we wanted to hit. Uh, next week is going to be uh, a very good show with Lighthearted Gamers, episode 57. Like I said, John will be on the show. He's going to be picking up Tales of Arise that drops on Wednesday, and he's going to be giving his thoughts on that so far. I know he's taking some days off work for this. This guy is pumped. So he's definitely going to be giving full thoughts on that as much as he can. And then, of course, we're going to have the PS5 showcase to talk about. And who knows, maybe this Nintendo Direct that's apparently supposed to be on the 8th. We'll see if that ends up happening. Man, Think about that, though. Nintendo Direct on the 8th, on the, on the 9th, have the showcase. Yo, talk about a good couple days to be a gaming fan. I mean, that's debatable. Nintendo Directs are sort of 50-50. Sometimes they're really good, sometimes they're not great. Fair point. <laughs> From the Sony one, we're expecting to be at least get something decent out of it with all the insiders. But Right, yeah, yeah. If we do have a Nintendo one this week, it's still up in the air. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Watch it just be a partner showcase. <laughs> watch, it surprise watch, me. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me either. Watch it be a partner showcase. But uh, Anyway, Zach, you got anything to say before we get out of here? Um, like, comment, subscribe, rate, whatever your platform allows. It does help if you are watching this on YouTube and you like what's going on and what we're doing, you can hit that subscribe button to help us out. And if you really like what's going on, you can hit the notification bell and it'll let you know whenever we post up a video, uh, clips or anything. And also whenever the first episode of A Terrible Football Show shows up. And you can do that at youtube.com slash sparky3. Yeah, special shout out to a terrible football show with me and my boy, Mr. Tyler Honeysuckle, Mr. Yup Yup. I uh, can't wait to kick that show off this upcoming Thursday on the 9th. It's going to be a fun time. Like I said, it's already pretty much started to get out on every single audio platform out there. There's still a couple that are pending, uh, pending review, but it's already on Spotify, Castbox, you know, iTunes, Amazon, etc. So go give us a follow. We'd greatly appreciate that. Our Twitter handle is at. Uh, terrible fb show we'd appreciate that follow there and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode make sure to tune in next week next week's going to be a great episode can't wait to talk about everything that's going to pop off this week uh with that said until next time guys have a good one bye